today on Learn Me Something. Fancy Prisons versus Shackleton's Endurance. Um, hey Caleb, I got a quick warm-up question for you. Oh, I'm as ready. To start this off. Um, okay, which cereal mascots do you think you could take in a fight? <laughs> I saw this online and I thought I would ask you. Um, so you got here's a couple. Just I'm gonna say one. You think if you say if you think you could take him. Okay. Count Chocula. Uh, he's too, pretty skinny. Too mysterious. I don't know what okay. he looks like. Really? I don't know. Have what... you ever had Count Chocula? No, I have never heard those words before. Oh, really? I've it's... had Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's a seasonal cereal. So like around Halloween, it's oh. Frankenberry, Booberry, Count Chocula. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you've never had that. Never even heard okay. of any of those. This Halloween, I'm gonna get you some. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. Yeah. Um, how about Toucan Sam? Toucan Sam. Fruit Loops guy? Uh, Is it Toucan? He, I think I could take him. Okay, yeah. Uh, Cap- Captain Crunch? It'd be 50-50. The guy seemed... Well, he's pretty old. Okay, yeah. I mean, he's getting up there. Mm, I could take him. We're okay. going to go with I could okay. take him. Okay, um, How about the, uh, <laughs> the trio of elves that... Uh, what are their names? I think their names are Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> the Rice Krispie elves? They're elves? Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I don't think I could take them. Yeah, 3v1, even yeah. though they're small. Sometimes I think in my head how I would uh, how I would fight off multiple people. Yeah. But something something in my heart tells me that when you actually have to fight three people, it's probably different than in your head. <laughs> every, every type of fight goes way different than it does in your head i think in my head i'm like boom boom pow yeah you can flip vi- them around. visualize it all out yeah careful i'm gonna I, i'm gonna break your wrist you better secede secede <laughs> okay how about uh busby the cheerios mascot mm. his name is busby yeah i just looked it up i could take him okay yeah i i no question worst i get a swollen hand yeah yeah easy peasy yep okay how about this tony the tiger Mm, he's got me. He would absolutely destroy you. I don't stand the chance. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of this guy. He's like <laughs> holding a baseball bat. Just to be fair, he he wouldn't use the baseball bat, of no. course. But he has big biceps. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, and I've done. I don't know how to fight. Yeah, I I don't know if he does either. But to be fair, when you get big enough, it doesn't matter anymore because <laughs> you can just take as many hits as you need. Yeah, one punch. You're good mm. if you're Tony the Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for asking. I f- yeah, I feel better prepared for my morning cereal endeavors now. Okay. Yeah, it's always good to just like be aware, like in case you make one of them mad someday. Yeah. Or something. Just know when. <laughs> know when to. You got to choose your fights. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> what Sorry. a start. <laughs> we had we had some uh, technical issues with our camera last week. And uh, hopefully it works this week. So if you're watching it, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but if you are watching, it's good to see you. Yeah. We can't see you, but it's good for you to see us. Okay. Um, so if you haven't listened before, listened before, this is a competitive teaching podcast where we each teach each other something. Yeah. The loser has to do a punishment. And uh, I lost last time. And the punishment was that I had to shower with my socks on for a week. <laughs> So what I did was I, I had shower socks. Okay. I was, like, was going to ask if you had one set yeah, pair. It seemed like the best thing to do. Um, and so I'd put them on. 
<laughs> get in the shower. <laughs> and honestly, it was not that bad. Really? I'm going to be honest. So th- the reason it wasn't that bad is because I prefer a water slide over a log flume. Oh. And I'll explain that. Yes, because, please elaborate. A log flume, I don't enjoy that much because you just get kind of wet. Mm. But a water slide, you know you're going to get all wet, so it doesn't matter. Mm. So I'd, I'd rather, like I'd like jumping in a pool, but I don't get, like getting rained on. Okay. You know, I'd rather oh. just be a little bit wet. Can, we, can I ask you something really fast? Yeah. What on earth is a log flume? So much to teach you today. <laughs> Count Chocula. Uh, like uh, Splash Mountain, a log ride. Oh, it's just the, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just didn't realize that flume was a word, yeah, I flume guess. Yeah, flume is a deep, narrow channel or ravine with a stream running through it. Wow, way to have that information <laughs> ready to go. Quick typist. <laughs> um, so, like, if you step in a puddle of water with your socks, that's horrible. Yeah, agreed. But if you, if you shower with your socks on, you're all wet anyway, so it doesn't mm, really matter. No longer a log flume. Yeah. Interesting. It's like since you're all wet, you don't notice that your feet, your socks are wet. So maybe what the punishment should have been is like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> jump in a puddle <laughs> and then put your shoes on and go about your day. <laughs> oh, that would have been horrible. Maybe, we'll, maybe in a couple seasons we can bring that okay, back. Okay, that can make a, a return appearance. <laughs> I was thinking though, like. You have to shower with one foot out of the shower. Oh, like pretend you have a broken leg? Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> frustrating, too, now that I think about it. <laughs> so it wasn't too bad? No. Mm, no. First time, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But after that, meh. Just get your shower socks on and go. <laughs> Do your normal thing, you know? Part of me is happy for you, and the other part of me is disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, you live and you learn. Some punishments are better than others. Mm. Um, so since you won last time, you get to choose who goes first. Yes. Yeah. I forgot that. We're switching things up this mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah, I think that I'm going to go first this time. Okay. Since you took it last time. Okay. Sounds good. Um, while you do that, I'm going to double check the video is good and you keep going. Pretend okay. I'm just here. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. So, <clears throat> uh, I don't have a big fancy intro for this one. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Today I'm talking about prison. 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 Okay. Um, well, <laughs> so my topic's a little scattered because I first of the when it popped in my head, I was like, I wonder what like the nicest prisons are. And I was oh. like, I wonder if there's prisons with like pools and water slides. Oh. And that's what I had in my head. Yeah. I looked up uh, prisons like that. Turns out there's a lot of fun prison facts. Um, we're going to mostly focus on Norway, if okay. that's okay. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's okay. I think. Let me open on this fun little tidbit of a story that I learned about prison. Have you heard of the? And I'm gonna get this pronunciation <laughs> wrong again. The Pavan prison. No. Heard of it? No. You don't know your prison? Nope. Okay. Uh, take a guess. Where is it? Norway. <laughs> No. It's in <laughs> France. Uh, Guatemala. Okay. And uh, this is... Okay, we're going to list this as a nice prison. But my topic officially today will be nice prisons. How's that? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> or fancy prisons. Yeah. Uh, but currently, this is a nice prison. Um, it's considered more of a rehabilitation center. 
And inmates that go here, they do stuff like grow vegetables and they tend livestock and it's really pretty cool. Is there like a specific, like specific crimes that get you sent here or is it just pretty much anything? I think they just have typical, your typical inmates in there. I don't think it's anything crazy. But the reason I bring this one up first is because in 1996, September 6th of 1996, this was a different type of prison. And I just learned this story, and it's kind of interesting. Turns out there were 1,500 prisoners in there. Okay, they're all packed in. It's in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. It's a typical-looking prison. So it's got its cells, its big building, and then it's got its big outdoor space, and then tall, fenced-in, barbed-wired area. Typical-looking prison, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Turns out there were some really violent people in there. I mean, we're talking like drug lords and gangs, lots of gang-related people stuck in there. And uh, things were getting more and more violent. And eventually, the Guatemalan government decided, you know what, I... We don't want to deal with this. So they abandoned it. They actually, on September 6th, 1996, they signed like 48 documents with an official stamp of approval that transferred um, the administrative power to members of the prison. So they gave it to the prisoners? Yeah. They said, this is still a prison and you're stuck in here, but we don't want to have any control over it. You just go crazy. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. And it's because it was just so violent, I think, and there was so much to deal with. So this place officially Mm. became like a state within a state, and it had its own government and everything. So they just basically took all the people that were working there out and kept it closed down? Yeah. Like everyone's still trapped in there, but they gave control to um, a group called the Order Committee, which is just a cool name. And uh, the order committee was really like the richest, worst prisoners in there. And they just gave them control of the whole prison and 1,500 prisoners. And it actually, it was, let me preface, it was Mm -hmm. very violent and not a place you would want to live. Yeah. But it actually ended up kind of cool because uh, they like formed a government and they had like elections. Now they were extremely rigged elections and there was a lot of blackmail and violence so that the people already elected stayed elected. So did it really matter? Not really. But there were elections and they kind of formed their own little government. And then they kind of created their own little city within the prison. So they started building and they built the richest people had like fancy, big, fancy homes and jacuzzis. And then the poorer prisoners that were in there They were stuck living in the cells, and they ended up working for the fancier prisoners, all within their own little government. And uh, they built restaurants and cafes and barbershops, a hotel, a brewery. They had a full arcade, a couple art studios, and a church. Wow. They built it all within the the fences of this prison. So I'm... I hear like jacuzzi and I'm wondering, is it, Yeah. did people put in like the same food, like the same food that they normally would, like the same imports, I guess? I, I think so. Or could they like buy stuff for the, their prison? 
This outside. story gets really weird. And to be honest, I don't really understand it because this wasn't even supposed to be my topic. This was just like <laughs> a, oh, this is a fun story. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't know. I, I would assume that they would have to have some sort of import because, yeah, that's the only way they could all stay alive, right? Yeah, but then, like, I'm wondering about, like, money and, like... Yeah. It sounds like they have, like, some kind of currency. Is that, like, actual money? I think so. Or, yeah. Because... Or just trading? So, they, they locked it off, but apparently it wasn't secure. So, I think that people were actually able to leave the prison and come back. And he, I think... I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that this order committee had control over who left and who came back. Because there were stories of like hitmen being hired out from the prison who would go out and then return to the prison city afterwards. And um, you could pay for your family to come visit. Hmm. And uh, yeah, like the, I, I assume <laughs> they had to somehow have had control over who got to come in and exit, but they still managed to keep people in there. Which is interesting because, like, did the government still have people, like, stationed around the prison on the outside? Or did the, they just <laughs> assume that people would keep, that the, <laughs> the prisoners in charge would keep the other prisoners in there? I would guess that they probably had people on the outside, yeah. too. But these guys still yeah. had a way in and out. I wonder if that's easier or harder to escape from. Like, trying to escape from... Uh, a prison with like a bunch of security guards on the inside, or they're only on the yeah. Outside. I bet probably. I don't know. I don't do either. Think? Isn't it? I have no idea. Isn't it a weird, like a weird situation that you wouldn't think would ever happen? Yeah. But what's also crazy, and here's where the money flow came from, was they kept they continued like their drug business hmm. from the For, prison. Yeah. So yeah. they built and I think manufactured drugs all from in there had it shipped out and that's what the poorer prisoners would do is they would work if they didn't own one of these restaurants or barber shops or the hotel or anything Hmm. um they would work for the order committee but i mean they had tax they had anyone who made a profit had to pay tax back to the committee and they taxed privileges as well so like it was a dollar 30 for your family to come it was $5 for a phone call. You had to pay wow. for electricity or Wi-Fi. Wow. That kind of stuff. And to the point where uh, they found out that this order committee was making $20,000 a month. So they're doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah, for being in prison. Yeah. Um, so this is That's all crazy. 1996. What's also crazy, this is no longer a thing. Yeah. So in 2006... Um, the Guatemalan government got together and I assume they were like, hey, remember a decade ago when we let this happen? That probably was not the best idea. Do you guys, <laughs> would you guys agree? <laughs> and they were like, yes, let's, uh, let's, we should probably end this. So they sent in 3,000 soldiers with tear gas. Oh, that'll do it. And like armored trucks and everything. Yeah. Got, every, got everyone and took them to a different prison that was more in order. That's wild. Isn't that a crazy story? Wait, so how long did you say it lasted? A full like, decade. 1996 to 2006 was just this city of criminals. Wow. And uh, it was 
I didn't read a ton about it, mostly because I feel like this story would get really dark if I knew more. But it was like chaotic and really violent. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And this is one thing I decided not to look into further. Yeah. The order committee instated something called the North Pole, which was a prison. (laughs) Within the prison. (laughs) Within the prison. Like They had a specific cell block that they reused as a prison within the prison and they called it the North Pole and it was some punishment zone. And I decided for my own sake to not look into what that meant yeah. in that yeah. situation. Yeah. But uh so yeah, I was looking at fancy prisons and that's one that I found because the actual place is pretty nice now. Like it's just like the inmates are farming and growing vegetables. Hmm. And <laughs> so they like, kind of took some stuff from it. Like Yeah. So uh, hmm. it ended. It ended okay, I guess. Eventually. Um, so that, that's why I say my topic is kind of scattered because that's not really even what I'm talking about <laughs> necessarily. I just that's interesting. Yeah, I just was looking that up and stumbled into that story and was mm-hmm. like, that seems worthy of a learn me something mm-hmm. episode. Definitely. Um, which is good because the next part that I have is really not as long. So we're, we're doing a two-parter, okay. I guess. Okay, Perfect. So now let's move on to what I was originally looking <laughs> up, which is fancy prisons. Um, and that's why we got to go to Norway. Okay. So there's this theory out that's being tested and pretty much proven called restorative justice. And it's different than the U.S., which has punitive justice. I don't know if that's an actual phrase. That's something I just came up with, but oh. you understand what that's it. Yeah. Basically, yeah. the U.S. is focused on punishing yeah. uh, people that commit crimes, while uh, countries like Norway, their justice systems are focusing on restoring, like healing the people that committed the crimes yep. and gotcha. kind of rehabilitating them. Gotcha. And it's pretty interesting. So uh, in the U.S., uh, this is not the current year, but this is the latest stat that I could find. 707 people out of 100,000 are in prison. Mm-hmm. And the people that are released from prison, about 60 to 70% of them, depending on where you look, end up going back to prison. Hmm. Now, in Norway, in the 1990s, it was about the same. Um, well, the, the same number of people that would return to prison mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 60 to 70% range. But they decided to initiate this restorative justice, which, uh, you know, is basically just being nice and trying to help the inmates instead of punish them. Yeah, different. Uh huh. Hoping for a different outcome. Yeah, so they tested that out. They've been doing that um, for a while now. And now in 2014, 75 out of 100,000 people are in prison in Norway instead of the 707 in the U.S. And hmm. the people that are released from prison, only 20% return as opposed to 60 per, to 70. Okay. So it's working, which is cool because these prisons are so nice. Like, they're like little vacation homes. Really? Yeah. So, uh, well, well, we'll talk about two of Norway's coolest ones, but let's talk about what they changed. So first of all, they changed their focus. Like I said, they switched from punishing to rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. 
And to do that, they did a couple of things. They changed the style of the prison. So they've got a couple really nice prisons. They got rid of all of the bars. And instead, they've got this shatterproof glass, um, big glass window, so it looks nicer in there. Oh. And then instead of jail cells, it looks more like dorm rooms. So every inmate has uh, their own room. Mm-hmm. And they've got in that room, they've got a desk, a mini fridge, a flat screen TV, wow, big mm. windows, um, and then they've got their own private bath with a toilet and shower hmm. as well. And uh, then you come out of your cell and you've got shared living space with a couple other a uh, couple other cells. So you've got like really nice couches and a hangout area. I saw. Some pictures had like chess boards and stuff, mm-hmm. and then a big flat screen TV and a full kitchen with all the ut- like knives and everything. They wow. just had, oh, they just have everything. That's pretty interesting. That seems like something that someone's like, I think we should just have everything available. And then, yeah, other people are like, that seems really sketchy. Yeah, I read but, one, one uh, quote from a guy who was a warden in the U.S. Yeah. was like, yeah. that's pretty much like utopia. The only way you could make it more progressive is to just hand them to keys as well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, But the crazy thing is it's working, and uh. that's what makes it so cool. Oh, and by the way, the prison I'm talking about right now is called Halden Fengsel. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've got the pronunciation right. H-A-L-D-E-N space F-E-N-G-S-E-L, if you want to look it up. Yeah. Um, and it's their maximum security prison. So this is like for the worst of the worst as mm-hmm. far as criminals go. And uh, it's designed to create a calming out atmosphere instead of, you know, the typical prison you imagine is just blank, yep. cold looking, harsh, mm-hmm. more for punishing. Mm-hmm. But theirs is different. They're trying to make it look nice, to be calming, and really to help people heal. And... uh Halden Fingsel also has a rec room where they've got like video games and uh, just typical stuff you do mm-hmm. when you're hanging out with people. Uh, there's also a full service gym and like a climbing wall. Wow. So it's just a really cool, fancy place. And my favorite part is that the guards are friends with the inmates instead of mm. guards of the inmates. So they eat meals. They eat their meals with the inmates. Uh-huh. They like play games, play video games, play sports with the inmates. Um, Basically, they're just friends there that also happen to make sure you're not trying to escape. Yeah. But Norway basically said, we think that taking away their freedom is punishment enough. Now, everything we do should be to help them get back on their feet. Hmm. So pretty interesting there. Um, And then another thing they changed is education. As you can imagine, they teach them all sorts of stuff so you can learn you can basically go to school and get certified Mm -hmm. so you can learn woodworking mechanics there's in halden fingsel there's a full professional quality recording studio with instruments and everything um there's yoga classes and art classes and uh graphic design you can become graphic design certified that's interesting i'm looking at like photos and it does look like a, a college Isn't i mean that? the outside looks a little bit it looks like a modern prisony looking sure but the inside looks like some, a place i would be okay with living have you seen like the living space yeah <laughs> isn't that cool yeah 
Yeah, and the uh, this wouldn't be interesting enough to talk about in an episode if it wasn't for the fact that it was working. Yeah. And that it was making a clear difference compared to our system in the U.S. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and, like, I read some quotes from, like, one inmate got a graphics design degree and was like, I've always sold drugs on the street because I didn't know how to do anything else and mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything else I could do. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's life-changing for someone to teach me how to do something else mm. and be able to contribute instead of selling drugs. Is that why you think it works so well is people realize there's other opportunities to make money? Yeah, I, th- I think so, especially for the people that were arrested for stuff like... Like the nonviolent stuff? Yeah, nonviolent stuff. And then even violent things, part of it I read is part of the process in restorative justice is like trying to heal the harm caused in some way from both sides. So the people that committed the crime have the opportunity to kind of uh, like apologize and try to seek forgiveness and that kind of stuff. Interesting. So that's encouraged to... Yeah. So it's just a really, really cool system, and I I just think it's awesome. It makes me want to move to Norway. (laughs) Uh, And then the last big thing they changed is that they don't do any life sentences at all, Hmm. even for, like, uh, people that, you know, murdered a lot of people or anything. They Hmm. won't do a life sentence. They'll do a maximum of 21 years. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And then at 21 years... If they find that you've been rehabilitated, they will release you. And if not, they'll add five years. And they can continue to add five five years. years. So if you die in the prison still being like, I want to murder people, then they will have still kept that person off the streets. But if they find that they were able to help someone and then they were like, I don't want to live that lifestyle anymore they can release them and let them be a contributing member to the economy. Hmm. I wonder I wonder what percentage of those 20 people that come back are like the the violent crimes. Yeah, I don't know. Violent crimes. Violent crimes or people that maybe had addictions and like fall back into it or something. Yeah. Or their life is I don't know. Like they're Life would be hard to get away from their current life as a criminal. Mm-hmm. Maybe their whole family or something. I yeah. Don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm. it sounds very interesting, but I have two things. Uh-huh. That, or at least one thing I think people might be wondering, I'm wondering, is like how, how much more does it cost? Like the tax. Yeah, I didn't find a lot about that. I did read one source that said it wasn't as bad as you might think. Yeah. Because, I mean, it probably still costs a lot to run a prison. Yeah, regardless of how you run it. Yeah. You still like have a, to feed them. and A bunch of TVs and, I don't know, a foosball table is not that much. Yeah, the, and it's like a one-time purchase. Right. I, I think, yeah. So I think that type of stuff is probably not that much. And, like, you, you still have to feed them and yeah. provide, I don't know, all the basics and everything. But the extra but, stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, it seems it seems like a lot. Yeah. But but I don't know. It's if you think about the if you think about the difference it makes and it Yeah. 
so they're not doing life sentences, which means the average length of time that someone spends in their prison is probably reduced as opposed to in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So you don't have Hmm. as long of a of a time with a certain one inmate to be paying for. And then since it's so much less um, as far as the amount of people that come back, then I would imagine it's being reduced over time. The amount of people going to jail is probably decreased. Yeah. As opposed to the yeah. U.S., which I would imagine... If you come back more, there's more people in the cells and more... Yeah, it's going to just keep, keep there, yeah. getting more and more and yep. more and more. So mm. I think, honestly, it would probably balance out if I were to make a guess just yeah. in terms of overall. Yeah. I'm not sure about the uh, the whole life's, non-life, no-life sentences thing. That seems a little iffy to me still. Yeah. they. Well, it's still... The only difference is it, it can be a life I sentence. I guess it, it can be, but it's just reevaluated. Yeah. So instead of saying you will be... You're, you will die in here. It's saying there's a good chance you'll die in here unless you change. So mm. it's, it just, I think, allows a little extra room for people to yeah. get better. Yeah. yeah. And it's, e- it's easy for me to say that not being there, but it seems like it would be, I don't know. If, I'm just thinking of somebody who's like committed a bunch of violent crimes or yeah. just has done some really dark stuff. And then to say, I will let you out again if you're good. Right. So, you know, it's like, Uh it seems... uh, It's definitely progressive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. But But, it it, it is a really cool concept, and and it's cool that they don't get so many people coming back. Yeah, it is is cool. That seems like... And I would guess they've got a pretty decent system for judging whether or not someone's ready to... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's just, uh, yeah, just thinking about it is... uh, it's hard for me to be like to say that seems like a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like a bad idea. Let's to me. let them back out. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's but we've also grown up yeah. in the U.S. too. Yeah, that's just what we think is best. I guess I don't know. Yeah, this is like more of a serious topic. Than I know. What I typically <laughs> do. Um, back to the fun stuff. Okay, and yeah. then I'll be done. Sure. Uh, look up one one last cool prison okay. in Norway. Got it. It's called Bastoy. B-A-S-T-O-Y, prison. Um, oh, it sounds like a little farm. It's an island. Oh. So this is their minimum security prison. Okay. All of the inmates live in cottages, um, and the cottages have, like, a patio and, like, lawn furniture yeah, out there. There's, like, a picture of a guy just, like, sitting out in the sun taking a nap. Yeah. That's so. This is so. The first one I talked about is their maximum security. This one's their minimum security. It's interesting that they put the minimum security on an island. Yeah, it is. But there's no gates, no locked gates anywhere. Oh, there's no barbed wire anywhere. Oh, interesting. There's, uh, there's beachfront that they can go to all over the island. Um, there's also like tennis. There's horseback riding. You can go fishing if you want. Or like that guy, you can just hang out on the beach and sunbathe. <laughs> this is what uh, Norway's minimum security <laughs> prison is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay, I have two more questions. One, <laughs> do you know if anybody has committed a crime in order to get to one of these? <laughs> committed a crime to purposefully go? I've actually heard of that, people doing that in like 
American prisons. I feel like I heard a story about that once. Like some guy that was just so hungry. That he committed a crime to get food. Just and something yeah. nonviolent. Like, or maybe, did we talk? Maybe we've talked about it. I don't know. Just like robbed a bank or something and then just stayed there. And yeah. So he could go to prison. I'm pretty sure I've heard that. So do you, have you heard anything about uh, if anyone's done that? No, I, I didn't look that up. Because I guess you, <laughs> I don't know. But like. That's interesting. Yeah. It is, I mean, you do work. So they yeah. work on the farms and they work with livestock. So, and you're not allowed to leave. So there are definitely some freedoms. Right. Uh, that's their whole thing. Right. We take away freedom, but every, that should be punishment enough. Everything mm-hmm. else should be to help them out. Mm-hmm. And apparently cottages and horseback riding and, you know, sandy beaches. <laughs> on the, apparently that's what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Huh. Anyway, that's, I just wanted you to see how, like, imagine a prison in the U.S. and then compare it with yeah. this prison here and just the shocking difference, but how much more effective the these seem, seem to be. To be. It's, it, for him. it's something, it's interesting. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Do you, do you know if anyone's tried to break out? I don't know. Because it's easier to break out, but less incentive to. So I'm yeah. sure that if they do have breakouts, it's way less than yeah. any other prisons. And I would imagine probably on that one, they're not spending a ton of time there on at their minimum security. Gotcha. Yeah. Because yeah. like you, I'm sure if there's no... <laughs> There's probably guards still, but like, yeah, you probably it's probably way easier to just try and swim to land. I don't know how far away it is from. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I decided crazy. not to look up like prison breaks from these places yeah. because I feel like a lot of podcasts talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, but uh, <laughs> you're right. It does seem like you could just be like, okay, I'm done at prison, <laughs> and just I like swim changed. home. Yeah, <laughs> or like. Take your little uh, lawn chair, fashion some kind of raft. Yep. <laughs> or just get on your raft that they probably gave yeah. you. <laughs> and just paddle on home. Can I borrow this night. fishing boat? <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. Just have it back uh, by sunset. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's all I have. I just thought that this was really fascinating. Yeah, it is. I'm very interested. This is like the type of thing that makes you want to learn more about it. Yeah. Um, See what other people have to say. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end of my topic. Okay. Quick pause before we move on to yours. Um, I actually today, I don't, if you've listened, you'll know that one of Josiah's punishments in the past was that he, I received a free food delivery. Um, so anytime I want food, up to three times, he has to. I have to Uber Eats for him. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I haven't used it. And it's been months now. But. Today, on our way over to record, I decided to use it. I had him go pick me up some Chick-fil-A, <laughs> which is funny because... And I got my hole puncher, and I punched out number one. He's got two left. <laughs> it's also just... really funny because I live far closer to Chick-fil-A <laughs> than you do. Yeah, I, I literally, I got stuff out to make quesadillas. I had it all, like, out, almost turned the stove on, and then I got a text from me. I was like, well, I guess I'm eating Chick-fil-A today. <laughs> so I put all away and... Oh man, that made that made me really happy. I just was like, I was running a bit late, and I was <laughs> like, "Hey, can you?" I was like, "I don't think I'm gonna have lunch or have time to eat lunch before we go record." And so it was really fun. There I've got go. two of these opportunities. I was kind of hoping you forgot about it, but it's okay. It's part of the punishment. And this hole puncher is kind of fun to fidget with. So yeah, I've been playing with it. It looks like a good time. 
Yeah. Um, before we move on to your topic, yep. do you want to tell the people about Patreon again really quick? Yeah, so we've got a Patreon. Um, you can find it at Learn, Learn Podcast. We'll link it below. You can, If you feel like this podcast brings you any value and want to help us out, we would love it. Cool. No pressure, though. No And no also, pressure. this uh, podcast is sponsored by products, by <laughs> brands. Brands. So make you sure you go check out products by brands. At business.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what you got, Josiah? Okay, so I, I got a story for you this week. Oh, I love these ones. And uh, I don't have any notes, so Good. hopefully I know the story well enough that I can tell it. Perfect. That's, um, a, that's pretty risky. You it is. Plus five in risk points. Thank you. Yep. Okay, I don't, that's nonsense points, but I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Any, no points are nonsense points. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's ego points or something. Okay. Ego points. So have you ever heard of Shackleton? Shackleton. Shackleton. No. Okay. Radio Shackleton? Ernest Shackleton. Ah. So he was a polar explorer, Arctic explorer. Okay. A little over 100 years ago. Okay. Nice. And so back in the day, this was kind of the uh the new frontier people had never been to the south pole before mm, nobody had mm-hmm. it was not explored very much um and so this is like the big thing like kind of how in the you have like they went from polar exploration to like space exploration and i feel like deep sea exploration has kind of yeah been going a long time but maybe that'll be the next thing um, that just kind of the general public is excited about. Yep. And he he wanted to be first person to the South Pole. Didn't make it. Um, mm. Ernest. A, a Norwegian guy, actually, speaking of Norway, <gasps> yes. was the first one. Uh, Amundsen was the first one to make it to the South Pole. Um, and Shackleton's like, shoot. Well, <laughs> what, what else can I do? And so he his goal for, for this particular voyage was to become... First person to cross Antarctica on foot. Uh-huh. So he took a boat out called the Endurance. Love it. Good yeah. name. It's a fitting name. Foresh- yeah. Foreshadowing. Oh. And uh, it, he actually changed it to the name Endurance uh, after like his family, uh, I don't know, saying. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like Endurance Prevails or something like that. Something rich. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he he raised funds to go on this. Basically, he found sponsors and said, if you pay me money, mm-hmm. I'll do it in the event that I succeed. <laughs> and I'll, I'll come back, I'll write a book, I'll do interviews, I'll go speak at places, and, uh, and we'll bring some scientists along, and we can try and make some scientific discoveries. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun idea and for some cool adventure. So he... He goes out, he hires a bunch of guys. He put an ad out uh, in the paper, and he got like 5,000 people to apply. Oh, wow. He ended up hiring 26 men. Okay. Um, a lot of people, he, he was very, okay. <laughs> so his personality, he was very, uh, had a little bit of an ego. Apparently. Oh, boy. Too many ego points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been given too many ego points in his day. And he he's very confident and, and sure of himself, but people sometimes were a little bit 
turned off. Not like he yep. was over the top, like all about himself, but he's just like a little bit of an explorer personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so some people he would hire just based on the look of them. He said, "Nice, like good, good idea." I think it was the the meteorologist he hired be- because he had glasses. He, <laughs> he's like this guy. He knows. He's a smart looking guy. He he's got gets some glasses. <laughs> and his and eyesight is some bad. Some of the scientists he kind of just hired willy nilly because he wasn't as concerned about that, but just to yep. please the sponsors. Yep. And uh, so he he purposely hired good. Uh, Seamen, like uh, yep. people to captain the ship. He had a really good secondhand man, very and, important and captain. Yeah, and uh, and so it tur- it turned out that like a lot of these people, he he kind of was said to have had been able to read people pretty well, mm-hmm. and maybe that was kind of part of it. Was these people are easy to get along with. I like the look of them. I think we can all work together as a team really well. Just going off instinct. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. exactly, and. Uh, so they set off in August 1914. Mm-hmm. This is right when World War I is happening. And they seriously considered uh, postponing the trip. Okay. But um, eventually they decided we're going to go on with it. They wanted to, they felt bad about, like, we're just leaving to go on some adventure while the rest <laughs> of our country is... Fighting. Yeah. And, yeah. and these guys are all British. Um, so they left. Uh, three... Three months later, they got to a whaling station in South Georgia. Wow. That's just, so long. Yeah. And that, that's... <laughs> that's just that's, I'm just going to breeze over that. But <laughs> South Georgia is a, uh, an island that is kind of in... It's close to Antarctica. Nice, nice, nice. It's nice, in the Weddell Sea, which is just south of uh, South America, Argentina. You, get, you can... Uh, I think it? now you fly from Argentina to get to... Kind of some of those research stations. Nice. But is that, like, is that livable? Can you live in South Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whaling. Yeah. There's there's a church. There's nice. places to stay. There's mess cool. hall, you know. I didn't yeah. know if it was, like, super antarctic I mean, yes, but it's people live there. Okay. Got I it. believe. Uh, you know what? It may be. I haven't looked into what it looks like now. Mm. But back in the day, at least, that's where they'd pull the whales and chop them up and send them off. Mm. So, um, starting December 5th, 1914, they head off for their expedition. Love it. They encounter pack ice, which is just ice that's floating, frozen seawater. Yep. is floating and just kind of the wind pushes it and currents push it. And sometimes it, there's a lot of force that can uh, push them together uh-huh. and, and pull them apart. And it's kind of... It can get scary sometimes. Oh, boy. Um, Did it get scary for them? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, two days after they left South Georgia, they entered the pack ice. Okay. Which is kind of scary. They had a boat that was built to ram through ice up to oh, some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that is scary, though. Yep. I would be spooked. Yeah. And about a month and a half after they entered pack ice, they got trapped and they couldn't push through anything anymore i'd be very spooked yeah and uh this is remember december it seems like why would you go into (laughs) antarctica in the beginning of winter but it's the south southern hemisphere so it's summer right getting summer right right right. and so they were kind of surprised to find all this pack ice in the in the arctic summertime Mm -hmm. and some of the 
Norwegian whalers that he encountered said, you probably should wait because we've seen some stuff. We know some stuff. Yeah. Might be good to wait. He's like, no, I'm going to go. It's happening. I've spent four years fundraising. I got to go. Got to do it. And so they're like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Those Um, whalers. So since they got stuck in the ice, they, they were still able to like use the, the boiler and everything. They had Mm. radio, but it's, this was like just in the infant stages of radio and they couldn't get any, anything, no no response, just static, even with their long antennas that they like made a long antenna, nothing still. That reminds me, remember when like pickup trucks had like 20 foot, (laughs) 20 foot is excessive, but just a big tall and you just like, tap it. it's like the door stop. That was a good doorstop. Yeah, thanks. Oh, okay, continue. I've, I've hit many do- many a doorstop in my childhood. <laughs> Played with many a doorstop. So they lived on the ship um, that was stuck in the pack ice for, yeah. let's see, I've got the timeline here, um, nine months. Holy cow. Yeah, and they had a lot of extra food, but they, they were talking about rations. Okay, how many? Yeah. They're taking that seriously. They also had 68 dogs. Okay. Uh, I believe. Some of them had Seems puppies. Seems excessive. <laughs> they were sled dogs, so they were, they were okay. going to take, take stuff, uh, supplies across the Antarctic. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of dogs. And they had a cat, Ugh. Mrs. Chippy. Seems very excessive. <laughs> that, is, that is too much. <laughs> too many cats. One cat, too many. <laughs> um, and so they... Shackleton tried to keep their spirits high. He they played soccer and hockey on the ice. They that's pretty they cool. They ate though. together in the ship, um, but and they they were always trying to chop it out and back yep. out when they could, but they, they didn't move much. Mm. Um, no, but like nobody was gonna come help them. They were just stuck. Yeah, that's nobody to come save you. Let's play some soccer. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it, well, yeah, there wasn't like a ton to do. Yeah, I guess you're just waiting and hoping. And yeah, waiting for the ice to do something to try and get out. And they had a ship that um, was more pointed on the bottom. And uh-huh. some of these polar ships were more like a bowl on the bottom. So okay. if, the, if the ice like gets pressure on, if it like pressurizes against the ship uh-huh. the ship will like rise up out of the ice oh but this one since it was more pointed at the bottom the ship just or the ice just kind of built up around it gave it a big old hug yes yeah. squeezed it a big old know? ice hug eventually it it would just it tipped slowly to the point where they're like we got to get off we can't oh, stand here anymore wow so they set up camp on the ice on the pack ice that's so scary they um built some Igloos for the dogs to stay in, froze their chains into the ice to keep them there, huh. and uh, just wait it out. Like, <laughs> it's probably not going to come out, but we'll see. Can you imagine, like, coming to accept this? Like, okay, we're just going to be living here. Yep. Hanging out on the ice. Yep. And so the endurance was crushed, and they got off, and they were living next to it in a camp for about a month. Okay. Um, eventually, oh inter- uh, Shackleton says, I think she's going, boys. Mm. And uh, they went stern 
up. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, stern down, bow up. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the backside is the stern. Don't say backside. <laughs> the backside goes goes up, and it just kind of slowly sinks into the ice. Yeah. Ice freezes over. Oh, can you Gone imagine forever? Still down there. To can you this imagine day. watching that? It's still there. Still there. That's pretty cool. They actually, as it was sinking, they put up the Union Jack, the UK flag. Uh huh. It flapped its way down wow. into the, the ocean. I can't even imagine just standing on a huge chunk of ice just saying, well, there goes our ride. Yep. So Shackleton and his 27 men head somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, but did you catch that um, number? It was different. I forgot to say this earlier. What number? 27. He hired 26 men. Uh, there was a guy who snuck on. What? <laughs> he had a friend who got hired, but he didn't get hired. What so a they, twist. They, hired him. <laughs> they snuck him into like <laughs> some back room for a couple days until it would have been too much to turn back. And uh, that's... <laughs> he, was, he was like 18, I think. Oh, uh, you know this like, kid's like, every <laughs> time, every time I sneak into a ship. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so he's out there as well, probably thinking, "Why did I do that? <laughs> Why did I not stay <laughs> home?" Me and Captain Crunch. So, at this point, everyone's fine. Cold. They're kind of getting used to living yeah. in the Antarctic. It's been uh, just about a year since they've been in the ice. That's insane. I can't imagine being like, "Well, looks like I'll be spending a year here yep. at any place." Yeah. So they <laughs> they decide, "Okay, we're going to try and take the dogs. We're going to try and get the boats closer to water so uh-huh. we can get somewhere. There's a couple islands that they had looked at, like maybe we could go here, here." But it was so hard just cuz the ice is just it's just like a mountain. It's just like pushing uh-huh. pushing itself up and out and it's just it's not flat like you like I would think it's like. Yeah. But there's like I don't know, ice pushing up and yeah. it's really hard. And they were making like just over a mile a day, but then they would take a reading from like the stars or the sun and be like, okay, we've drifted like 19 miles. So oh. what is the point of even? Yeah. <laughs> so let's just ride this out. Just see where it goes. That's, that's crazy. So, so they kind of, they, they set up another camp, went back to get some other supplies that they had left. Uh-huh. Um, eventually they had to shoot all the dogs because mm. they were running out of food. They wanted to keep, uh, keep as much supplies as they could. Yeah. So that's pretty sad. I had a feeling that that yeah. part of the story was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And by this time, the dogs had been so close to a lot of the men, it was really hard for them too. Yeah. Cause like some of them were like pets to them. Ugh. So that's pretty rough. That is rough. Thanks a lot for this story. <laughs> Um, but they, they set up a camp, lots of crazy stories happen. Um, at one point they, a couple days, ah, I don't know how long this was. At one point they had a, a camp set up and Shackleton woke up in the middle of the night. The ice, he, no, I think he was walking. He just, mm-hmm. something fell off. He, a, uh, a crack in the ice happened all the way th- right through uh-huh. his tent, right where he slept. A crevasse? A crevasse. <laughs> And apparently there was another guy who a crack opened up underneath him while he was sleeping. He fell in the water halfway. <gasps> Whoa. And, the other, and just as the guys were pulling, just after the guys pulled him out, the ice closed again. <gasps> oh, that's scary. 
<laughs> so he's like soaking wet in the middle of the night. Is there a movie about this? There's a couple. Okay. I was going to say there should be. Yeah. Um, and so I think they spent like maybe one more night, one or two nights there, but they were able to get their boats ready to go, got everything in the boat. Um, they always had a night watch just for stuff like this and they could be ready to load stuff up. Yeah. Um, and so they launched the boats for, they were going to go for elephant Island named for the elephant seals, not for like actual elephants. Got it. A little disappointed, but it's fine. Um, and it was a, no, shoot. Yeah, they, they went, they got to Elephant Island. Okay, they did make it. Yes. And that was, let me do the math, 15 days. Okay. On, I'm sorry, six days on those lifeboats. Oh, still, that's a long time to spend mi- 28 on 28 men and three lifeboats. Yeah, that's a long time to spend on the lifeboat. That's crazy. Yeah. In Antarctic Ocean, uh, they were open. I believe at this time, so you're you're basically just wet the whole time, uh, trying not to die. A lot of pretty, much, I think everybody had frostbite at this point. Holy cow! But they made it. They made it to Elephant Island. Um, the first the the guy who snuck on Blackborough. Uh-huh. They're like, hey, Blackborough, because he he couldn't stand up because his feet were so <laughs> frostbitten. They're like, oh poor guy. They're like, hey, you're gonna be the first. Nobody has ever stepped on this island before. You're gonna be the first one. He's like. He didn't say anything. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and so they picked him up and sat and like tried to push, push him overboard, but he, uh, Shackleton forgot he couldn't stand. So they're like, okay, well, you're the first guy to sit on <laughs> Elephant Island. I mean, this guy can't be mad at, at them. He, he just has to be like... <laughs> He's like, I hate this. He did this to what himself. Have I done? Um, so they land. They eventually move locations find a little bit better of a campsite there's penguins they've been surviving on their on their reserves on penguins and seals okay but there's a lot a lot of penguins and seals here so they're excited about that they're finally on dry ground it's been like 400 and some days since they've stood on solid ground wow yeah and they just were going crazy like look at the rocks and look at look at all this (laughs) and and just can you imagine not seeing like color for that long? Just all white. White, brown, gray. Just about it. I just, I can't even imagine what not seeing color would do yeah. to your, Look at your green. mind. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's they, interesting. They had some dried tobacco leaves, but pr- that's probably about as green as it got. Huh. Um so Shackleton Shackleton decides well like there's nobody on that island, so yeah. He decides to head for South Georgia, okay. the whaling station. Nice. So he takes five men with him. They rig one of the lifeboats to be covered. It's got one sail. They may have added another sail, but they, they're going to head out. I love it. And he says, if I don't come back within a certain time, then you got to get out of here. Because okay. I, if, if I don't come back by this time, you got to get out of here. Yep. So they, they yep, take yep, the yep. journey that is... 14 days. Okay. Boat journey is two, yeah, two week journey. And so that, man, hearing about that story was <laughs> insane. Six guys on, on that lifeboat, all, you had to like, they always had three guys awake, three guys sleeping, I think. Oh, man. Uh, it just, hearing about that is so horrible. There's actually some, <laughs> some guys that did it uh, recently. Oh, yeah. Like I a know. modern version. Colin. It's called, or Colin. Mm-hmm. Colin. The guy who did it. 
What are you saying? Am I? Did I make that up? Are we talking? We might be talking about different things. I don't know. There. Yeah. You. You go. <laughs> uh, some. Some guy that is a current, like a modern Arctic adventurer, mm. tried to do the same thing, and they did it, and it was horrible. <laughs> Watching that. Yeah. It was like a PBS thing. Okay, I think um, we are talking about the same thing. Okay. Was it like a? Were they rowing? No. Okay. We're Sailing. Not, Josiah, we are not talking okay. about the same thing. Okay. <laughs> There's another guy that I follow on Instagram who just like rode, I think, I won't say because I don't actually know, but they had the same situation. Like they were rowing a massive distance. Yeah. And they had to have some people always sleeping and some people always awake mm-hmm. to row. Yeah. So this 14 days took... Or it was over 800 miles. That's crazy. And just think about trying to hit that. They take readings based on the stars and the, and I think the sun too. But uh-huh. if it's not, if it's cloudy, which it was a lot of the time, you get less chances to know where you are. Just hoping for the best. Yep. And so their navigator nailed it. Man, they, they saw good it. for him. It's, I can't even imagine trying to shoot. If you miss it, you're... You're just going straight into the ocean. Yeah. With nothing. And you're you're not gonna make you're it. You're dead. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so much pressure. So so yeah. Yeah. Not only is it is his life on the line, but the other five guys with him <laughs> and even the other other guys that were back at Elephant Island. Whew. And uh and eventually they make it. Just there's some other crazy stories. I if you're interested, anyone listening, I would definitely recommend either Endurance by Alfred Lansing or Shackleton's book, which is called South. There's mm. some like crazy stories that seem made up. <laughs> <laughs> but just just about how they lived and, yeah. and were able to survive. Um, but they made it, but it was the wrong side of the island. And, okay. and they lost the rudder as they were, uh, as they beached the boat. Oh. So they couldn't take the boat around because of course yeah why not (laughs) and uh so six men got out they were all all alive but hated (laughs) everything yep we're Um, quite unhappy so shackleton and two other guys took an across land journey Mm. so some get some hiking in there exactly on a place that nobody has ever been to before yeah let's add another people it was known to be like yeah people don't go there because it's impossible by the whalers like, yeah, you don't go back there. That's scary. That's so, very scary. So that took, I think, just over a day. Okay. Oh, so it wasn't horrible. No, but they had they had an ads, which is some kind of woodworking tool that's nice. similar to a pickaxe, but it's not. Okay. And they had, like, a length of rope. And this is, they're climbing up glaciers and mountains and had a little <laughs> bit of a few setbacks doing that. But eventually they hear, they hear, I think I heard a bell in the distance. Yep. Like, I don't think so. And then ba- based, they knew the schedule of the whaling station. Uh-huh. I looked at the time and right when they thought it would ring, they heard it again. They're like, that's it. That's the first sign of civilization oh. we've experienced in two and a half years. Can you imagine how excited you would be? Yeah. And it, it said, <laughs> this is, I feel like this is a very British thing to do. You <laughs> just, they just uh, didn't say anything, just shook each other's hands. And then it's kept <laughs> <going>. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, like jumping and hugging and hollering just a crying. There or... we go. And so they made it. The guy, they scared off some kids that were there. They're like, uh, do you guys live here? 
or where's the captain or the person in charge? And they uh-huh. just ran away. <laughs> like, okay, well, <laughs> well, keep looking. So they went to the the manager, who Shackleton actually knew, uh-huh. and uh, he didn't recognize him because just because they had Been long, so long hair and beards, and yeah, faces were just black. With they looked like and, survivors. Yeah, and uh, he's like, I recognize your voice. And then he said, yeah, it's me, Shackleton. And then apparently the guy, like according to some people, he turned away and cried. What? everybody had thought they had died. Oh. Yeah, long ago. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Not, well, I don't know. That's cool that, how should I, that's a cool emotional ending of that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so they, next day, or maybe later that afternoon, they got another boat, went around the island, picked up the other three guys that had waited there. Right. And then they they went back, tried to. It took four, I think, four and a half months Holy to kill. get to get enough. They tried, I think, three or four times to get a boat to mm-hmm. go back to Elephant Island to rescue the rest of the guys. But they eventually did. Shackleton sees them and yells out, "Are you all right?" <laughs> and then they're like, "No, he's, he's, I think he said, how, how is everyone?'" Uh-huh. I said, "All good, boss.'" Everybody was still alive. What? Yeah. They were just hanging out? Yep. Yep. Sounds like a miserable existence based on... Because <laughs> they, they describe what camping, living there was like uh-huh. for the four and a half months. And uh, they had to do... Some guy had to get his all his toes cut off on one foot because of frostbite. They had two doctors with him. And so that surgery went well. Um, yeah, everybody had frostbite. That's but crazy. All 28 people survived... And some of them went back and fought in World War One for a little bit. After wow! They back. And others went with Shackleton again on another expedition <laughs> later. <laughs> Which tragically, Shackle- <gasps> Shackleton died in the at South Georgia. He had a, of a heart attack. No. On, his, on the expedition afterwards, yeah. Hmm. But it's just <laughs> so, some things I learned were just about. The, I don't know, endurance. I yep. the name of the ship, like I said, mm-hmm. is appropriate. Agreed. The, uh, just the ability to keep going. Yeah. For two and a half years, and I read something. It's called the Scottsdale paradox. Ooh. Let me read that. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, it was, uh, this guy who was a prisoner of war came up with it. Um. Or it's like named after him. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So so James Stockdale said uh, when when he was asked about the prisoners of war who didn't survive uh-huh. in, in Vietnam, he said, oh, that's easy, the optimists. Mm. So he said you have to have some combination of optimism but also realism. Like knowing, oh. not, not pretending that you're going to be able to get out and just like always having optimism but having like being very realistic about the situation you're in. That's interesting. Because um, he said the people that would like wait for Christmas to be rescued, but then that would never come. And then they'd wait for maybe Easter I can be home. Yeah. That would never come. Those people would just die of heartbreak, he said. Wow. So I think that applies to the, the Shackleton expedition because they, they realized the situation they were in, uh-huh. but never gave up hope that they, like they never gave up. Yeah. Even knowing what they had to do, they they still kept going, but also were like, this is very dire. People might die, but we have 
to give it everything it got. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I cannot imagine being in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost, almost three years for, for some of them with uh, out in the Antarctic. And some of them went back, which is the crazy part to me. I would, yeah, that seems like the kind of thing where you'd say, well, I think I got that experience. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good story. and Yep. Yeah. Now I'll be a writer or a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. <laughs> something <laughs> something like, uh, yeah, a settle safer. down a little bit. Yeah, it's also interesting learning about Shackleton's like leadership style. Like he would purposely give treats of food like every once in a while when he could tell that morale was low. He uh-huh. would like increase portions hmm. or like rations for a day or something. Or um, he purposely would give other people like certain people leadership that he knew could handle it, but would also ask for people's opinion that couldn't handle the leadership, but w- might act out if they weren't like the, the pe- type of people mm. that expect to be a leader, but might not be the best of leaders. Yeah. He would ask for their input to make them feel like they were a part of it, even if he didn't <laughs> need it, but you not know? have them. Yeah. The so he leader. was very good at, and he would like pair he put certain people in tents together. Huh. So um, he really did understand people. I think so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's a couple interesting leadership lessons just about uh, just managing groups of people. And, yeah. And uh, very interesting story. And I thoroughly enjoyed learning about it. <laughs> like at one point, I was just like listening to it, riding my bike and my jaw dropped. <laughs> What? A guy fell in the ice, and then they pulled him out, and then it closed again. I, I would, that would be <laughs> so scary. And he was in a tent, too. Yeah. So we had to get out of that tent. I yep. feel like that would be the most difficult part. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. So it makes things seem a lot easier yeah. in my life. Life in general. <laughs> Not much to complain about here. <laughs> yeah. All is, all is well over here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the story of Shackleton's Endurance. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Yep. I think uh, we're still having video issues, so if you're watching, sorry about that. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get one day. <laughs> Man. So. Cool. Okay. So this episode, we've got prisons versus Antarctica. Nice prisons. Nice. Pr- fancy prisons. Yeah. Yeah. Good prisons. And also that yeah. one other one. <laughs> <laughs> Strange prisons. <laughs> Interesting prisons. Yeah. That Maybe that's better. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them about the punishment? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this <laughs> this punishment is uh, loser is going to have to wear an eye patch for a day. Should we say twenty four hours? Twenty four hours. It's not, not bad if you're sleeping. Yep. It's like normal. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Oh, the roommate's back. Chaz is back. Hi, Chaz. <laughs> Anything to say to the people? Nope. Okay. He says nope. Busy man. <laughs> Getting married this week. It's exciting. Big deal. Big it's deal. a big deal. A lot to do. Yep. Um, so, yeah, are you uh, nervous about that, having to wear the eye patch? Mm, or? I'm not too concerned about it. Okay. I think I'll be seeing with both eyes for the <laughs> next couple weeks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so if this is your first episode you're listening to, uh, you can vote by clicking the link in the episode, or you can go to our social media. That's at Learn Podcast, just about wherever. Um, and we'll have the voting up there. 
again, go on there, choose who is your favorite. We'll tally those up, and then Josiah will be doing uh, in a little bit of eye, ma- eye, eye mask. <laughs> Josiah will be wearing a one-eyed eye mask. <laughs> eye mask for Cyclops. <laughs> um, uh, real fast, 30 seconds. Why do you deserve to win? I deserve to win because uh, I taught you about a story of tenacity mm. and leadership and about the endurance of the human spirit. Wow. That's pretty and good. You are inspired, I know. <laughs> I know. You in must fact. be inspired. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think you should vote for me because um, we learned today that sometimes being nice to someone especially if they did something wrong. I know I'm reaching here, but I'm trying to find like a a moral story. (laughs) Sometimes being nice to people, even when they did something wrong, is a better way than to punish them. (laughs) How's that? And also beachfront uh, prisons are pretty cool. (laughs) Mm. Something to think about. (laughs) What do you say we wrap this one up? I think so. Let me try and hole punch this straw. I want to see how strong it really is. Oh, boy. Okay. I just uh, took that straw out of commission. Nice. Can't use it anymore. Strong hole punch right there. Yep. On that note, um, Larry, play us out.